You're listening to the Ministry 127 podcast, a complimentary resource for today's spiritual leader. The purpose of Ministry 127 is to aid Christians in developing a biblical philosophy of ministry. Ministry 127 is a growing online library aimed at assisting ministry workers with Bible-based resources and is a ministry of Pastor Paul Chapel, the Lancaster Baptist Church, and West Coast Baptist College. For more information, visit ministry127.com and subscribe to the Ministry 127 podcast for more practical lessons for today's Christian worker. Today we will hear from Joyce Jones on how to remain steadfast through uncertainty. Mrs. Jones is a teacher at Lancaster Baptist School and has been a faithful member of Lancaster Baptist Church for over 20 years. Let's listen to Mrs. Jones as she teaches how to remain steadfast through uncertainty. Um, I'm normally an organized person. Um, I like to plan things, even on days off. I, I always ask my husband, okay, you're off this day. What are we going to do? What, what's your schedule? What's this? And, and it drives me nuts if, if I don't know or if something you know, changes that. And I know in ministry, things always change, so you don't get upset too much at that. But I just like to know and to plan things and to be able to do that. I don't like surprises or, as the title on here, uncertainties. I don't like those things that just crop up. And yet those are the very things that the Lord teaches us through. Um, I'm a camper. I love to camp. And um, I love, you know, the water running through the rocks and jumping from rock to rock. And have you ever stepped on those rocks that are a little shaky? Um, Now that I'm older, I don't like those as much. When younger, yes, that was kind of fun. Um, But we think of the rocks um, and that element. And the very first point is rocks of uncertainty. Um, I put down that rocks, they're little annoyances. Sometimes we think of something large, like a boulder. It it can just be something that's, you know, a phone call that upsets us or somebody says something. Rocks can be any size, Um, little annoyances, little irritants. Um, Even sometimes we can allow our children to be those little irritants rather than have the right spirit in dealing with those. Or they can be big boulders um, that seem to just drown us and overwhelm us, and we don't even know which way to go in that element. Uncertainty, I looked that up. Um, Inability to make a decision. Um, Lack of faith in truth or lack of faith in reality or lack of faith in fairness. Have you ever said, that's not fair? Little kids tend to do that. And life isn't fair. Um, um, I'm a teacher, and I tend to say that to the students. If they say, well, that's not fair. No, it's not. But life isn't always fair. Um, You have to just deal with it. It's your attitude and that element. Um, Not just fairness, but I liked this element. It spoke to me. The mistrust of something or someone. And when we allow the certainties to drown us and to overwhelm us, then we are honestly having a mistrust of the someone with a capital S. Um, We're mistrusting God's judgment in our life or um, what he's doing in our life. It's a mistrust. Not so much of the something, but the someone. I put down, I think on your notes, um, Psalm 42, um, 3. Psalm 42, 3. My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? And when you're um, going through something, or you don't know what you're doing as far as what you're going to do next, sometimes people will make comments um, to you, um, like, Where's your God? You serve God? You do this? Then why can all this happen? 
And not only um, people do that, but sometimes we do that to ourselves. We say, Lord, I'm serving you, I'm going out, I'm doing this, I'm faithfully doing what I'm supposed to do or what I feel you've led me to do, and now this is in my life. Or I'm having to deal with this, what's going on? And so not only the lost around us, sometimes Christians around us, but unfortunately sometimes we do it, um, as I said, to ourselves. Um, Biblical examples um, that I thought of, um, Job, I thought this is a ladies group, I should have pulled some ladies. There are innumerable examples in scripture. Um, So the three that I'm choosing, you can find probably triple and quadruple these. But I chose Job because I thought we would be pretty familiar. Um, Job went through financial ruin, um, family deaths. He endured that. He endured a helpmeet discouragement. Um, she should have stood with him and said, Job, let's pray, let's do whatever, but she didn't, or at least the scriptures lend us to believe that. Um, then it finally touched his own health. So not only just his family, it touched finances. Um, my husband and I have been in the ministry, oh, tons of years. I've taught for 37 and uh, we were in college before that, um, doing a lot of things. My husband was a pastor for uh, a time in Tennessee. So I've seen a lot of things. We've um, endured financial stress. We've endured a lot um, of things over the years. So if I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking from experience, not that I've arrived at so I don't take it that way, or that I'm perfect, but there's a lot of things that I've seen and had to endure and had to learn through those things. Um, Job, in 3, 11, and 13, he says, Why died I not from the womb? Why didn't I just die? Um, why did I <clears throat> not give up the ghost when I came out of the belly? For now should I have lain still and been quiet, I should have slept, and then I would have had rest. I find that almost humorous in a sense. It's sad, but it's humorous. He said, well, then I'd have rest. I wouldn't be all this stress and all these things upon me. I would have had peace and the element. Joe, or Joseph was motherless um, when you think about that. And his father was taking care of him and now you know, all of his brothers. Um, family feuds, the jealousies that went on um, in that in Genesis 43, 30 and 31. And Joseph made haste for his bowels did yearn upon his brother and he sought where to weep and he entered into his chamber and wept there. And then he washed his face and he went out and refrained himself. I don't find that Joseph, because he's a picture of Christ, was ever, you know, ugly and all of that. He just accepted, just accepted. Um, every trial that came upon him, I, I cannot find any in all the compliments that they say of Joseph. That he did weep, and I'm sure there were sorrowful times um, in his life, but he just accepted and kept going and kept going. Um, and David Um, David is the other one I thought about. Um, The jealousies, um, the threats on his life that he endured. He's trying to do his best. He obeyed his father and did all that. Remember his brothers just said, why are you here? I know the naughtiness of your heart. And just those comments from his own brethren. And uh, not only that, but the weight of the leadership. Um, He was in leadership, um, and yet he was, um, you know, overwhelmed by some of those things. Um, Psalm 6, 6, I am weary with my groaning. All the night make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with my tears. Um, David wept. There were times that he went through sorrow in different aspects. Sometimes when he tried to do his very, very best, and if you remember why they were conquering one thing, they came back home and the enemy had come into his own house 
you know, and dealt with that. And, you know, the people turned on him and were about to stoning in that element, and he encouraged himself in the Lord. There was nobody out there. But there were times of weeping, and I put up there the rocks of uncertainty. Those are times of tears, um, times of questioning and wondering what's going on. Uh, B, personal experience. I almost left this out. I, I really toyed with I don't even know what to talk about. Um, I did have cancer um, last year. Um, it's, it's amazing just um, when I look back upon that time and going through that. Um, I actually had found um, the lump myself, and that was about in January, I guess. Not this last January, but the year before, so it's been about a year and a half. And I thought, oh, it's right in the middle, you know, semester. I'm a school teacher. I taught in the college, so I don't have time to deal with this right now. It, it was small to me, and I thought, okay, it's summer. Summer's the thing, time that the teachers do all things. So I thought I can deal with it, and it wasn't, you know, bothering me or anything like that. So I waited. Um, but then um, I, through just a series of things, I had damaged my glasses. And so my husband said, you just need to go in and get new glasses. You have to have glasses. I'm really blind without them. So when I went in, the doctor kept checking and kept checking. And he said, you know, I think you have glaucoma. He said, I think you need to go and have this, you know, test done. And I thought, oh, okay, that doesn't take too much out of your time to do that. So I, I made a... Um, tried to make an appointment, and they said, no, you have to go through your primary doctor. So I thought, oh, brother. So then I, you know, got into my primary doctor, and I was so conscious of this because he, you know, scared me. He said, if it is glaucoma, you've probably already lost some damage your eyesight. You need to get this corrected right away because you can put drops in, and it'll stop it. And um, so I thought, oh, I desperately need this. You know, you have to have your eyesight. So I did get the referral um, and went to my primary doctor, and he said, anything else? And I'm kind of cheap. I thought, I don't want to waste this visit just to get the referral. <laughs> so he said, anything else going on? And I said, well, you know, I have found a lump. And um, so, um, you know, the examination for a moment, I, if he forgot the glaucoma. No big deal to that. He was conscious of the other. And within, like, three days, um, I mean, like, boom, 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 he had called my home, called this. I mean, I didn't even turn around or get back to school, and he had already said, you've got an appointment down below. Um, this needs to be dealt with immediately, you know, and I, he was scaring me a little bit. And so I thought, oh, okay, what about my referral? You know, I need this. And he goes, we'll, we'll deal with that. Um, so probably within about three weeks, um, maybe four weeks max, um, I had been in the hospital, had the mastectomy, and done. Um, it was a whirlwind. But during that time, different people had comments for me. Um, and they were trying to be gracious, and I accepted all of them because I wanted God's wisdom. I wanted to know. Some people say, no, don't do this. You know, try to do something else. Um, some said, brought me all kinds of videos to watch about natural eating and, you know, all of this stuff. You know, do it this way. And I'm, if you did any of that or you know somebody, I'm, that's not the point. I had to get peace with what the Lord wanted me to do in that. So my husband went online. We researched and looked up stuff. But you know what? In the depths of my heart, I just knew this is what I needed to do. And I'm going to be honest, I did not cry um, when the doctor told me. Because I'm going to tell you, I think the Lord's prepared me for probably eight to nine years for what I went through. Um, I Just looking back, I can see God doing things and allowing things in my life that were just overwhelming. Um, I had an accident where I flipped my van two and a half times, landed sideways, didn't have a scratch on me. 
you know, and I'm thinking, okay. And then I thought, okay, how are we going to pay for this, you know, finances and stuff. It was just unbelievable what the Lord was doing on so many things. And I can look back and honestly say, to God be the glory, he just did it all. Um, And when the doctor told me, I think I amazed him because he was trying to be very gracious. And uh, it was a totally different doctor. It was a surgeon. And he said, you're going to need this. And he said, I want you to know it's extremely treatable. He said, I don't want you scared at all. And I said, okay. And he just kept standing there looking at me. And I think he was expecting, you know, shock. You know, I think he was wondering, is she in shock? You know, what is this? Um, My daughter, who's 16, she even asked me, you know, after during the treatments. And she goes, Mom, have you ever cried about this? And I said, you know, not really. I think there were times, you know, like the tears would come as far as, you know, what's going to happen, you know, what's the next. But I honestly, I'm going to be very honest. The Lord knows my heart. I didn't cry like, whoa, it's me. I wasn't that way. And that's just how the Lord dealt because I really felt he was doing this. And it was from him. Um, Psalm 107, 23 and 24. This verse... I ran across it years and years ago, and it always spoke to me. There's just something about this verse, and now it's precious to me. They that go down the sea in ships, that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. Now to me that speaks. I'm not a ship person or any of that, but to me that said those times that are just overwhelming, like the flooding upon your soul, Um, That if you go through those times, God is going to be extremely close to you. Um, And, I mean, it's true. Um, I never felt his presence as much as doing this. Um, That presents, that that verse, uh, presents the providence of God riding in or ruling in what appears the most ungovernable province of nature. Can we control nature? None. And I think the Lord was saying, you are so organized. You always want answers. You always want this. Just close your mouth and just rest. Um, This is something you can't control. Um, My son, it bothered him greatly. Um, And he kept saying, Mom, I'm going to get you a machine. I want you to juice carrots. I want you to drink this. I want you to do all this. I mean, he was on me a lot. And I said, Andrew, what if I do this and God doesn't heal me? What if that? I said, honey, you're going to have to deal with this and ask the Lord, teach you some things through this. Uh, With my children, I have six children. And uh, my mom was dealing with something at the same time with my dad, and I didn't even tell her until it was all over with. Because I remember as a little girl, her, both her sisters died of breast cancer. And I remember her saying, if I ever have cancer, they tell me, don't let them operate. I will not allow that. Because to her, in the olden days, you open it up, something about the air, it just, that's what she believed. And I thought, I cannot do that to her. Because she'll think, Joyce, you know, what's happening um, so I didn't even tell her until it was all over with. And then she said, you look fine. <laughs> See, I'm okay. <laughs> and that. So that was easier for me. That was another decision I had to do. Psalm 119.71, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. I claim that. Um, that's another verse that I used to read and think, David, boy, you went through a lot. And you said it was good. How can it be good? Okay, it can be good. And it's the attitude into that. Experience teaches. We tell our students and our children. David speaks not of that learning which is gotten by hearing or reading of God's word. I've been in church a long time and I've heard our pastor. Um, I've, he preaches awesome. 
and he gives us the word and he gives us strength through that word and all of that. But there's something more than just hearing it and reading it. It's when you apply that. And I think that's what happened through this. Um, And again, I give the Lord all glory for that. It was more than just the reading of it. Yeah, Lord, I know that. Somebody preaches it. Yeah, I know that. I believe that. But it's different when you act upon that and deal with that. And that will, that will come. I think all of us have to come to that. I think that's the difference with our children buying into, um, um, Christianity. I don't know if that's a word, not religion, but it has to be theirs. It can't be their moms. It can't be their dads. It has to be theirs. And that's when they start applying it themselves. And that's what I did. Um, Martin Luther's wife said, I had never known what such and such things meant in such and such psalms, such complaints and workings of spirit. I had never understood the practice of Christian duties had not God brought me under some affliction, because that's when we understand. Um, A couple of quotes that I like. There is no royal road to learning the royal statutes. There's no pavement that leads. You know, quickly get to this. God's commands are best read by eyes wet with tears. And that, to me, that's a humbling heart. Crying is always a humbling because people look at you like, why are you crying? You know, why is this? To me, that's a humbling element. And the other one I love, the brook would lose its song if we remove the rocks. And I thought, Lord, that's special. Um, We'd like to remove them, but then we don't have the song from the brook. Questions? Um, I had, oh, do I, I already kind of asked some of those. Um, I was concerned, can I still teach? People said when you go through chemo, your immune system is so awful and down. And uh, my daughter was getting married. I wanted to go to her wedding. And I, her wedding was one week after I'd had the first treatment. And I was concerned about my hair falling out. And I know that's vain, but it wasn't so much that as I was just concerned that in her pictures, I thought, who wants this bald lady, you know, in the pictures and that. So I was concerned about that. God was good. I did not lose it until two days after I got back from her wedding. And I thought, even in that, Lord, you care. And you, um, you just touch our lives. You just love us. Number two, God's promises are sure. Oops. I need to keep up with this. Okay, God's promises are sure. And the first element is trust. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Does that ever amaze you? God thinks about me. Um, say that in there. God thinks about, you know, me, not just you or whatever. It's a personal element. Say it, the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you, and I like this, an expected end. I thought, Lord, you know the end. You know, the, you already know what you expect of me, and you know the end of it. God has a purpose uh, for me, and I, that meant a great deal to me. Um, a, God's omniscience. Psalm 31, 7, I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy, for thou hast considered my trouble. Thou hast known my soul in adversities. You know me even when I'm going through it. You know before I'm going through it even. Psalm 139, 1 through 3, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting. He knows when we're just lazy, just resting, when we can do that. And mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. He knew everything that was in my mind. He knew my questions. 
and he knew the answers to those questions before I even asked them. Um, Thou compasseth my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. Matthew 6, 8. Be not ye therefore like unto them, the them is the Pharisees, who prayed to show off their prayers and bragged about their prayers and the element. Don't be like them. For your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. Before you even ask. That meant a great deal to me. I didn't even have to ask. He just knew it. Um, Be the omnipotence of God. Not only is he all-knowing, but the power that he has. And I ran across this verse, and it's special. Um, I'm I'm giving you verses that meant a lot to me and got me through. You know what? In your times, you're going to have to get your own verses. Um, You're going to have to read, and you're going to have to, and the Lord will just bring them to you. But they'll be yours, not somebody else's. They're yours to hang on to. In Second Chronicles, I don't think this one is in your Second Chronicles, Chronicles fourteen eleven. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, "Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power." To me, that spoke to me. Lord, you can help if you want to do this. It is nothing to you to be able to heal or to give me grace through this. If you you know see fit to not heal. It's in your power to do this, and I'm going to rest upon that. And the finish of that verse is, Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee, and in thy name we go against this multitude. Um, to me, against this affli- you know, affliction or whatever, uncertainty. You can fill that in. I don't think I'm doing disservice to that. Psalm 34:19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Does that overwhelm you? The righteous. Not the unrighteous, the righteous. Many are those things that he brings upon us. But the Lord delivereth him out of them all. I like that. None of a believer's trials can hurt so much as a hair of his head. Neither can the furnace hold him for a moment after the Lord bids him come forth from it. The same Lord who sends the afflictions will also recall them when his design is accomplished. But he will never allow the fiercest of them to rend and devour his beloved. You know what? In the testimony um, that we've heard just recently, all three of them from uh, Patch the Pirate, um, the goodness that came out of that, um, the one, was it just last night with the little boy that passed away? That just spoke to my heart. I thought, oh, that little boy knew God in such a way that some of us will never know him. And he did right in that. And that's very hard to say. Uh, because it's a little child, and we think, oh, he didn't get a chance to grow up and to live. No, he got to go right in and be spared some of the things, and we have to see it that way. And then from the great testimony of um, the man who lost his um, pastor wife and that, um, and just the grace that was up on them and that element. Um, What a testimony of that. Um, Ephesians 3.20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask. I found a lot of those verses that said all of this. You can do this. The power. And Colossians 1.11. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. Okay. And he's looking for joyfulness. And that brings me to the next one. Honey out of the rocks. Triumph. Honey out of the rocks. Triumph. Um, sweetness out of hardness. 
we think of the rocks as something very hard, something we're having to, to deal with. And again, it could be whatever. But sweetness out of that. I read a lot of illustrations. And I meant to ask uh, Mrs. Chapel. She just got back from the Holy Land. I wanted to ask her, is this true? Is this true? But they talked about um, the higher you go, um, the prettier some of the foliage. And that is where it's colder in that element. We would think, you know, you put flowers and stuff in a hot house and keep them protected and not let anything come up on them. And, but one of the illustrations I read is the beauty of the different variety of colors. The higher you go, the more beautiful it is. And I thought that speaks as a Christian or to a Christian. And then another one was um, that out of the rocks, um, some of those rocks, the flinty rocks and the verses that I chose, Deuteronomy 32:13. Are you having to write those as I go, or is it on there? It's on there. Okay, good. Deuteronomy thirty-two, thirteen. He made him ride on the high places of the earth, that he might eat the increase of the fields, and he made him to suck honey out of the rock, and oil out of the flinty rock. Psalm eighty-one, sixteen, talking about the same. He should have fed them also with the finest of the wheat. I like that. Not just wheat, but the finest of the wheat. That's just our God. He does the finest. And with honey out of the rock should I have satisfied thee. Um, Brother Ouellette preached the other night, and he gave an illustration, and I thought, ah, I'm going to put that in. The Chinese, if you're Chinese and this isn't true, tell me afterwards. The Chinese alphabet uses two characters for the word crisis, danger and opportunity. And I thought those things that come up on us are like a danger or an element that we can't deal with, but yet that's an opportunity to learn about God and to prove ourselves with that. Problems are opportunities and work clothes. Okay, on letter A, developed graces. I think there are three graces um, that come up on us or things that we can learn. They're the three that I felt like. The first one was joy. Because you cannot hide joy. You cannot hide joy. You can fake it, but I think after a little while. Um, again, I told you I teach school. Kids know if you love your subject. Kids know if you care about them, if you want them to succeed. They just know. They know if you're fake or if it's a reality. Um, and joy, you cannot fake it. It's, it's just there. Um, it is an attitude detected by everyone around you. James 1, 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations slash trials. There is a command to those who are saved. My brethren, count it. It's not you could. To me, that's in the imperative voice. Count. You're to do this. And there is always something to rejoice in. Always. Um, there's some humorous things I'll just tell you in a little bit. Okay, number two, faith. Faith is the other one. Joy and then faith. Faith is not fear. We teach the verse to children, and I remember teaching uh, kindergarten. Psalm 56.3, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. That sounds good. When I'm afraid, I'm going to trust. And that's probably good. But it's better to not have the fear in the first place. And there's a verse for that. Isaiah 12, 2. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. And he also is become my salvation. Um, so when you're afraid, but the other is, I'm not going to be afraid at all. And James 1, 3, um, 3 and 12, knowing this, 
that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation or trials or problems, for when he's tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Job, I like this one, and Pat um, did that one the other night. Um, but he knoweth the way that I take, and when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. I like the shall. Um, in English, shall to me is stronger. It's more sure. Um, we can say, I will do this, but we're so wishy-washy on our wills, and I'll, I'll do this. But the shall to me is more secure, and I like the King James when he says, uh, I shall come forth as gold. Whether it be here or whether it's there, it's still going to come forth as gold. And then patience. Romans 5, 3. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Oh, glory in tribulations. That's a tough one. Um, glory in it. I don't know if I gloried in it. Um, but each step, I just thought, okay, I have to do this. Next step. Okay, I have to do this. Next step. And deal with that. Now, there are some ladies in our church that help me greatly. We have about probably, I don't know, 8 to 10 that have had um, breast cancer in our church. Um, There's a lady right now, and um, she's starting her chemo on Monday. And she asked me, pray for me. I said, I will. And um, I can help her. You know, here's what I found. Here's what's this. But everybody's different. And they were very careful to tell me that. But the others gave me encouragement. So God had planted them already in my church. And they're very dear friends um, now because we have a bond. And the Lord will do that for you. If you go through something, look for someone else because they're out there and they need your encouragement of what you did and how you handled it. Um, and again, remind them that everything's different. And, and be careful in offering it. These ladies were very gracious. They did not come up and, hey, I went through that, blah, blah, blah. They didn't do that. I emailed them first and they said we were waiting to see if you, you know, would want to communicate. Uh, And I said, very much so. If you would like to share, I'm ready to listen. Help me through this. Help me through some things that you saw. And And one of them, she told me a couple things. And she goes, that's all you need to know at this point. I said, okay. I'll just do it step by step. And then, you know, when the next step was, I went back and I said, okay, I'm a step three or step two. And then she was gracious. So be cautious and gracious in that. Don't be somebody, how do I say this nicely? Sometimes people go and just share the world. You know, I went through this, here's what I did, da, da, da. and they may not be somebody. This person was a very quiet person, so I'll, that's why I, you know, did it by email first and just said, would you, would you mind if I ask a couple of questions? And she goes, no, I've been waiting, and I'd very much, you know, answer in that. And then she didn't pursue it any more than that. It was if I had another question, she would deal with that. Um, diverse blessings, is that where I'm at? James 1.4, did I give you that one? But let patience have her perfect work. That ye may be perfect, that word means complete. None of us will ever be perfect. Perfect in the King James is complete. You have what you need to deal with this. To me, that's what the Lord was saying. I'll get you through this, and I'll give you step by step, and you'll be able to get through this because you will be complete. You'll have the knowledge and whatever you need at that point. Um, Diverse blessings. Um, Psalm 119.71, it is good for me, I use this again, that I have been afflicted, that I might learn the statutes. They are learned, not suddenly. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Give me everything I need right now, and then I'll have the rest of it done. It's not that way, but by experience. Through the means of trials, mercifully ordained by God. God is a merciful God. 
What does he say? Will he give us more than we can handle? No. And I hung on to that. You know, you're not going to give me more than I can deal with. And so I'm going to rest in that, and you can deal with that as well. God, uh, lessons, therefore, which are deeply engraven on the heart. Um, sometimes I feel like I'm inept at even explaining because it's, it's within. Um, God's done something within. And so I can give you some things outwardly and, you know, some elements with that. But it's a work inside and I'm very thankful for that. Um, Psalm 119, 172. I found this interesting that 119.71 talks about it was good, and I'm going to learn from your statutes. And then 171 uh, and 172, he says, My lips shall utter praise. When thou hast taught me thy statutes, my tongue shall speak of thy word, for all thy commandments are righteous. Um, and hopefully I'll just give praise. Um, Because that's what the Lord commands. I've seen you through. Then, therefore, when you're through that and you've learned some things, then give praise for that. Lamentations. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Um, Step by step. You know, after the the surgery, then, you know, I woke up and the doctor had prescribed a lot of... um, you know, medicine for pain and stuff like that. And he came in, you know, one day and he goes, you haven't taken anything for pain. And I said, he said, are you one of those that just doesn't believe in, you know, medicine? You don't want to take anything. And I said, no, honestly, the Lord didn't allow that. I just really did not have, um, my husband jokes, I came home from the hospital and I, I hesitate to say this because I don't want you to think, oh, she's wondering. No, I felt fine. I even got the mop and mopped a couple of my floors, the, the hardwood floors. Now, don't, I mean, honestly, don't, don't think, oh, it, I really felt fine. It was a little annoying to have these tubes that were drainage tubes, you know, hanging out, and they were always, you know, flopping until they <laughs> took those out. So that was a little yuck, but I thought, okay, I can, I can endure this. I can do this. And just little step by step, and okay, once I got that out, okay, what was the next thing that you're, you're doing and dealing with that? So... There was some humor along the way uh, with some of this. There has to, has to be. Um, Psalm 121. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. Um, I did put on, um, I have Bible tapes by CD, and I did put those on and just listen to those. When I was, you know, when I'd lay down and rest, when I'd come home from school after a day of teaching and had gone through the chemo. And, you know, after a couple of days, you began to be very weary and very weak. And then by that time, then you're on the realm up. I had to give myself shots. Um, they warned me not to go to my daughter's wedding um, because my immune system had dropped so horribly after the first one. And I just had to make a choice. I thought, I'm going to her wedding. It was back in North Carolina from here. Um, I had to fly on the plane, and they said, okay, then wear a mask. And I thought, oh, you know, okay, this is the humbleness. Okay, I can do the mask, and people are looking at you like you've got some kind of, you know, disease or whatever. But then even once I got to the family, I told my oldest daughter, who's a nurse, Alicia, I said, I'm not wearing this to the wedding. I'm not doing that. And she goes, Mom, because people will hug you. And I said, God knows that. Um, so that was just a choice I made. Um, but... I mean, I was fine. The Lord was gracious to me, but I had people praying for me all over, and I will not diminish those prayers. Um, I know very much that it was the prayers of God's people. Hebrews thirteen five, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have, 
For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Never. Um, I'm so secure with that. Um, All three of those men that I used at the beginning of the lesson received the honey out of the rock of hardness. Job received a double portion, didn't he, at the end? Got double of everything. Joseph had sweet fellowship with his family again. And the Psalms of David continue to strengthen and encourage us every time we read them. So those things that they went through and endured, that's exactly um, what he gave to them. Um, I put down just humorous physical blessings. I have physical blessings. Um, All the time, from the time I found out about the surgery that I needed, all the way through all the chemo and that element, I did not have a migraine headache that I usually have pretty often. I thought, praise the Lord, I'm dealing through this other. I didn't want to have to deal with the others. So none. That I thought, well, isn't that something? I guess because it killed everything in my body, <laughs> everything that would have you know, caused all that. So I was praising the Lord for that. That was a great deal. Um, since that time now, every once in a while, I get that. Number one, I needed a fresh glimpse of who God is. I needed it. Um, not Job's God, not David's God, it's not you know, Esther's God. He's my God. Now I know why David and some of them say, my God. You know why? Because he taught them something. He is theirs. Um, and I needed that. Number two, I needed to learn to rest in him no matter what. Just rest. There's nothing I could have done about it. Um, I could have drunk carrot juice until I turned orange. Um, and it might have, you know, done something. I really don't know. I'm not, I'm not diminishing that if somebody did that. Number three, I needed to see beyond me. There's others out there. It's not just me. Um, because now I sense when somebody else has something. And sometimes people will come up, you know, and, you know, I'll talk about, you did this, you did this. No, God did this. It is nothing of me. I am, people around here know me. It's not of me. Number four, the hymns have become more real because I know that many of those were written during that writer's time of uncertainty. Um, and I liked if you've never read this, um, some of the hymns and some of the stories behind it. Oh, it'll speak to your heart, and then it'll touch you. I know God makes no mistakes. Don't tell me he ever made a mistake. He doesn't, ever. And I know Romans 8.28 is still there for everyone to claim. And I know without a doubt God loves me. And the last thing, just a statement. Every irritation is an invitation to higher elevation. And that's not original with me. I don't know who said it. I wish I did. I'd give them credit for it. But every irritation, and I'm glad it doesn't say every trial, even those little irritations, it's a chance to either keep your mouth closed or smile or give them a helping hand or say, I read a verse or do something to help them. You've been listening to the Ministry 127 podcast. Today we heard from Joyce Jones on how to remain steadfast through uncertainty. This podcast was designed to equip spiritual leaders to grow in the Word and develop a biblical philosophy of ministry for today's local church. Be sure to let a friend know about ministry127.com. Also, for Christ-honoring publications, please visit strivingtogether.com for resources that encourage spiritual growth and the local church ministry. Thank you for listening to this Ministry 127 podcast.